You are listening to Zero E Michigan with Carl Bloss and Larry Hudson. On this show, we try to explore and simplify what's happening with electric vehicles, energy generation, and zero emissions topics with a focus on our home state of Michigan. Together with our guests, we demystify topics related to driving electric in Michigan and how you can select, charge, maintain, and get the maximum value out of your EV. This podcast is sponsored by Consumers Energy and the Power My Drive program. Start your EV journey at consumersenergy.com slash EV. Welcome back to the Zero E Michigan podcast. Today I have with me Carson Seal and Justin Stowe from Consumers Energy, my colleagues at Consumers. So Carson and Justin, if you would please introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm Carson Seal. Um, I am an associate product manager, also known as an electric vehicle specialist at Consumers Energy. Uh, I've been with a company now uh, heading on 12 years, um, but been in this role a, bit, a little bit over a year. So loving every single second of it. Yeah. And I'm uh, my name is Justin Stowe. I'm also an associate product uh, owner with Consumers Energy and an electric vehicle specialist. I've been with the company for, I have to do the math here, um, about eight and a half years and in the same uh, role, this role for uh, a little over a year now, loving it too. And I want to say um, both of these gentlemen are owners of EVs, so they walk the walk. So Carson, what's the EV that you drive? Yeah, I drive a 2022 Kia Nero, my first EV, but it's absolutely my baby. And I first saw him driving it and said, wait a minute, these are available in Michigan. And I ended up buying one. Justin, what do you drive? Yeah, uh, I've been driving an EV in Michigan for a, a, about four and a half years now. I currently have a 2023 uh, Tesla Model 3 rear-wheel drive. And our our personal joke here is uh, which which EV is Justin driving this week? Uh, because he you just, had to. Because <laughs> he just loves EVs and there's always something new. So we're both Tesla drivers and we're both Kia drivers. So I have one of each. So what I wanted to talk about today is um, early on during COVID, Bethany Tabor and I, who was my boss at the time, she and I and Jeff, we, we did a, a Zoom call for the electric vehicle community to tell them about the Power My Drive program, what it is, the residential charging. And that was a pilot program. And a lot of things have changed. You know, people like the two of you have come onto our team. And also the program has recently changed. So um, please introduce us a little bit to what's changed from the pilot program to the permanent program. And we'll go into some of the details, but what are kind of the main components of the Power My Drive program today? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to answer that. So uh, when this program was originally, when it came on board, it was considered a pilot to make, you know, we had to gather some data to ensure it was going to be a, a success. Um, we originally piloted the program allowing a $500 rebate if a customer purchased and installed either a level two charge point home flex or a level two NLX juice box. Uh, the program has now been approved by the Michigan Public Service Commission and is now considered permanent, where we, there are a lot more options for uh, EV drivers now. Rather than uh, rebating strictly those two chargers or EVSEs, we now will rebate any level two charger as long as it does not exceed a 50 amp circuit. Um, and you just have to agree to go on a time of use rate and provide us with some documentation so we can give you the rebate and uh, the new rebate 
total $620 rather than 500, depending on some stipulations. Okay. We're going to need to break that down because there, there are multiple components to the 620. So mm-hmm. if I'm a, a brand new EV driver um, and I want to install home charging, how does, how does that work? What, what do I do? So the, the first step would be to, to get in touch with us, right? And so we have our, our new, our brand new, beautiful website, consumersenergy.com slash EV. Uh, if you were to visit that uh, website, you could fill out what we call our intake form. <clears throat> and that's basically one application uh, to, to manage all of our programs. And so based on the application and what information is there, we can route you along the, the right path uh, to get the $500 rebate for installing a, a, a rebate eligible uh, EVSE, which needs to be Energy Star certified UL listed uh, on a 50 amp circuit. The other um, component to our program is the smart charging incentive, which provides you with a $10 monthly incentive for charging your vehicle only between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. or on weekends. Now, there is a, a caveat there. You do get an exception three times per month to charge outside of those those times without losing your $10 incentive. And so that the smart charging incentive can be uh, or, or is uh, able to provide you $10 for up to 12 months. So it comes out to about, a, not about $120 um, after 12 months. So 120 plus 500 is where the 620 uh, total comes in. So when we originally started this program, it was one or the other, right? So mm-hmm. I remember when I when I got the rebate uh, for my home charger, um, you know, I, I got my NEMA 1450 installed in the garage then I went out and I bought the charger. Then I submitted the application and you know changed to the um, nighttime savers rate, which we should talk about rates too at some point. Which is mm-hmm. um, you know for me, I couldn't wait to get on it because it's so cheap overnight for charging an EV. So I did all that. I got my five hundred dollar check, and then um, and then I asked about the what was then called the bring your own charger program, and you couldn't do both. And right. my understanding is now you can actually do both. So in the past, if you applied for that rebate, you can still get the smart charging incentive, which used to be called bring your own charger. Is that correct? That is exactly right. So yeah, just as you said, uh, prior to the program going permanent, um, it was either one or the other, either a $500 rebate. Uh, and then if you did not purchase one of those two rebate eligible EVSEs, then we would guide you towards what we called the bring your own charger program. So they were separate now. Uh, because the program is permanent, it's a combined rebate, $500 for the installation of the level two EVSE, as long as it's Energy Star UL listed and does not exceed a 50 amp circuit. And then on top of that, the additional $120 comes through that 12 month time frame uh, in quarterly payments of $30 um, to incentivize charging behavior. Okay. So again, you, you can do both. And I think that might be new to a lot of people. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was you've mentioned the 50 amp limit a couple of times. Um, a lot of vehicles now have a 48 amp onboard charger. And that, of course, requires there's an 80 percent rule for the circuit. So you would need a 60 amp circuit. So, for example, um, Tesla obviously is a very popular EV. So if I buy a brand new uh, Tesla Model 3, Tesla Model Y, and I go on the Tesla store and I buy their wall charger, which is capable of delivering up to 48 amps when uh, installed in a 60 amp circuit. So somebody that wants to do that, what what do you tell them? Yeah, great question. And something we're, we're definitely seeing of, uh, quite a bit more frequently lately since we opened up our program. 
So the, the guidance that we would provide is that it needs to be installed on a, on a 50 amp circuit. That could be hardwired or a NEMA 1450 plug uh, for the, the more specifically the Tesla wall connector. There is guidance in the Tesla uh, wall connector uh, user manual on, on how to do this uh, and what to do uh, in the event that you don't have access to a 60 amp circuit or if your utility is requiring you to use a 50 amp circuit. So just take a look at the user manual, um, adjust the, the amperage down to 50 amps, which will allow you to charge at, at 40 amps. If you're using an electrician outside of Consumers Energy's electrician network, if you explain to them that you need a 50 amp circuit, they will be more than qualified to understand what that means. And they are also welcome to contact us as EV specialists if they have questions we can explain uh, what needs to be done to ensure they uh, can provide the appropriate rebate. And that's a great segue actually. So people can use their own electrician um whoever they prefer, if there's somebody that they're already dealing with. Um, but if they don't have somebody, Consumers Energy has a network of electricians that we can recommend. Is that right? That's Yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, part of the role that Justin and I hold is kind of to take that, that headache away from you as a new EV driver. So in my example, when I got my EV, I really didn't know where to start. And this is where I, before I, I began this job. So I had to ask around to a bunch of different people, including you, Carl, on what do I have to do from here? Uh, so as as consumers energy realized, hey, like this is going to become something you know that our customers are going to need. They created our position where we're going to take, like I said, that headache away from you. So you can contact us. We can put you in touch with qualified electricians who can give you a free quote on getting a charger or an EVSE installed. And then we can guide you through what that whole entire process will look like on top of ensure, you know, after the the electrician gives you a quote, we'll, we will review it and ensure that it meets all of our contract criteria. Uh, so, you know, if that's nothing that you have to, you know, take that that headache on, that will be our responsibility because we are the experts. So to expand a bit on the on the contractual obligations that these electricians hold for us, we have price maximums in place for what we'll call typical jobs. So if it's a, a typical job, which is to say it's a fairly easy job or straightforward job, we have a price maximum of $920. So that that job, not including the charger or the EVSE, will cost no more than $920. And it could come in <clears throat> well below that. It should also be mentioned, this is wild to me. I've I've been looking researching a bit into um like electrician turnaround times uh, in Michigan specifically. Um, I've heard from customers how long it's taking for their personal electricians to come in and do the work three to six weeks to get work done. <clears throat> I've had electricians come in in a couple of weeks to get the whole job done from start to finish. Mm -hmm. So not only do we have these price protections in place, we also have a much speedier uh, install timeline, so to speak, uh, than what I think someone not using our network would have access to. Absolutely. Yeah, they they prioritize our customers just because of we want to enhance that customer experience and because of their their contracts with us. Um, we are a really great option if this is something that needs to be done uh, in a speedier time than what you can get an electrician to do on your end. So if I go through that process and at the end, uh, I'm not happy with the quote, I mean, am I obligated to to follow through with this or is this how does that work? 
Yeah, you're absolutely not. Nope. Uh, we, and we, you know, this is a, a free market. We encourage you to try to find the best deal for you. Um, our job as EV specialists is to be your advocate. So uh, if we can offer you or our team can offer you a better deal, please go with it. But if you can find someone on your own that can give you a better deal, we will highly recommend you do it as long as they can do it safely and legally. That is absolutely our job. And nonetheless, uh, just going through the process of getting the rebates would still go through you. So, you know, absolutely. if I decide to use my own electrician, I can still use this process to to expedite the 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 rebate process yeah really the only difference there carl would be that you would just the as the customer would have to provide us just a little bit more documentation like the invoice from the electrician maybe a picture of your charger that's typically our electrician's job they do that for you um, but if you decide to use your own we would just have to get that information from you instead and then back to the 50 amp limitation um so again if i'm a if i'm a tesla owner and i don't want to fiddle with setting that can the electrician also do the setting in the the home charger in the evse to to make sure that it's mates up correctly with the right circuit yeah absolutely that's the excuse me that's the guidance i was alluding to earlier is that the the wall connector um user manual tells you if if you don't have access to 60 amps dial it down to this if you have access to 50 40 etc it gives a there's a nice little table in there that tells you or the electrician exactly what to dial it down to. So now, again, just I don't want to focus too much on Tesla, but they are a big part of the market. But let's say yeah. I want I want that 48 amps of charging. Um, is is there any way to get that? Uh, would that if I say, well, look, I, I'm just going to put in a 60 amp circuit and I want my 48 amps of charging. Um, does that disqualify me from the rebate? It would disqualify you from the the $500 rebate. Um, but let me let me make sure that I'm clear. Uh, you are still eligible for our smart charging incentive, where we would provide you with uh, $10 per month to charge your car during super off peak times. But in addition to that, uh, Consumers Energy can protect you from having to pay for a transformer upgrade if you don't exceed 50 amps. So with that being said, if you do decide that you want to install a 60 amp circuit, there there is the potential that a transformer upgrade could be needed, which could have additional out-of-pocket costs. So we do recommend that 50 amp circuit only because most vehicles, especially Teslas, will charge uh, sufficiently overnight, even with a 50 amp circuit, even though it's technically a little bit of a slower charge. Yeah, and that's a good point. I, I think people get caught up in, well, this is the max capability of my vehicle and I absolutely want this, right? I want it to charge as fast as possible. But the reality is if it's home charging, if you're charging overnight, like most people do, you know, whether it stops charging at 2 a.m. or 2.30, does it really matter? Exactly. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I, I, I would be the, that person to say, I want it to go as fast as possible. But in reality, why? I'm sleeping at 2.30. I'm going to wake up, drive to work. My car is still charged. And, and along yeah. those same lines, there's so Tesla for, also offers a mobile charge cable, which is limited to 30 amps. So if you didn't want the wall charger, you could still go with the mobile cable where the, the cable itself is limited to 32 amps. You could plug that into the NEMA 1450 that, uh, that you have installed through our program or even independently and still be eligible for the rebate. And now you're charging at 32 amps, which personally, actually I do. I dial mine down to 32 amps because I don't want the circuit to get too hot. And I don't know, maybe it's foolish, but to, to be honest, I don't need it. And again, when the car's done charging it, maybe 3 a.m. instead of 2 a.m. And I don't really care. But that's, that, an that's an option too, right? They can just go with the mobile cable. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And Carl, that's absolutely not foolish. Um, that actually is brilliant. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, that's the conversations that we have with customers every day to really, you know, maximize their needs and, uh, you know, make it the most cost effective. So yes, mobile connector, we, we recommend it. Um, it only, you know, does that up to 32 amps and will still most likely charge your car sufficiently, especially if you're not driving, you know, your full battery every day, which most drivers don't. Yeah, just to just to add on to that, if you if none of this makes any sense to you as a potential or or new EV driver, just give Carson and I a call. Get in touch with us. We can do the math for you to tell you exactly what your vehicle is going to charge at, like at what rate in terms of miles of battery capacity charged per hour. We can do the math for you and we're happy to do it. So let us know. Yeah, and that that's a great point because the, the three of us will nerd out about it in watts and amps and and volts and all this kind of thing but at the end of the day the driver just wants to know is my car going to be charged when i need it and that's the kind of stuff that that we can provide there are people behind this that, that can help you through every step of the process so absolutely yeah, that's a great point let's talk about rates uh the one of the requirements for this program is to go on a time of use rates so uh tell us a little bit about how that rate change works and what uh what do, what do i need to do if maybe i'm not sure whether this new rate change is going to work for me so for example a lot of people are saying especially in the summertime hey i'm going to be needing to run my air conditioning during the day because i work from home and i'm just not sure that changing to this rate where it's cheaper at nighttime for charging evs and doing other activities but during the day it's more expensive it's like how do i know this overall isn't going to cost me more money um, yeah, I would be. I would love to talk about this because this is something that is at the forefront of my mind every day. So, um, to start, uh, a time of use rate is a rate that provides you different pricing tiers throughout the day based on what time of day it is. The suggested electric vehicle rate and the one that is required for our programs is called nighttime savers, and it gives you three pricing tiers. There's the on-peak period between 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. There's the super off-peak period between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. Uh, and weekends. And then there's the off-peak period, which is all of the other times. <laughs> um, that's not the 2 to 7 or the 11 p.m. to 6. What's what's wild about this rate is when customers are coming into us, uh, we have this really cool tool um, that we can use to tell us which rate is going to be the best for a customer based on their prior usage history. And so oftentimes, Carson and I will run this analysis for a customer. And, and mind you, this is before they've even purchased their EV and, and started charging it. On average, customers are saving $10 per month on nighttime savers before they have an EV. And, and this is me working under the assumption that they make no changes to their lifestyle. So when you add an EV and you're charging at that super off peak uh, period between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. or on weekends, you're getting the cheapest rate that Consumers Energy offers. So let's 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 take this back a step. $10 per month, making no changes. Now you're, you're making a change, you're adding an EV, and you're getting the cheapest rate possible overnight. You're gonna save even more money on fueling your vehicle. Your household's gonna save more money uh, in general. It's a no brainer for, I hesitate to say this, pretty much all customers. Um, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful it's not, rate. It's not, it's not hyperbole. Every single rate comparison Justin and I have done since doing this job, 100% of those customers are better on nighttime savers. And there is a plethora of different usage patterns that we've seen. So, uh, even if you're listening to this podcast and you're not in the EV market yet, I highly recommend reaching out and 
seeing if we can save you money on your electric bill. We yeah, love that, giving away free money. Yeah, that, that's we sure do. That, that's a great segue for like, why, why do we do this at all? Like, why do we have time of use rates? Are we just trying to make money on the people that want to run their air conditioners or, or what's behind the, the time of use rates? Yeah, there's a couple of things here, Carl. So uh, first is grid stability. And second is like kind of establishing behavior. So first, in regard to grid stability, consumers energy is a regulated utility so that, that has to guarantee a specific load for our customers or rate payers. So we have to generate enough electricity for our hottest days in the middle of the summer when there's a huge demand on the grid. So since that energy is already there and ready to be used on the system, we then incentivize our customers to charge their vehicles when there's not as much demand on the grid and they're using power that kind of already exists. Um, so what that really does is it brings down the costs for EV drivers and non-EV drivers alike. So it's actually a benefit to everybody. But then on top of that, we're helping establish you know, behavior. Um, since most drivers don't need to drive, like, like we said in the middle of the night, uh, they can get their car charged up and ready by the morning um, while helping the stability of the grid. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody. I think one of the comparisons that I've I've used to describe this is um, it's supply and demand, right? So uh, try finding a hotel room in Traverse City during Cherry Festival, right? And it's super expensive because everybody wants to be up there at the same time. And it's mm -hmm. the same kind of thing during those peak periods. And by the way, uh, I, I don't remember if you mentioned it, but it's uh, weekends is all super off peak, right? So the times yes. of days that you were mentioning was for weekdays only. So on the weekends... You know, uh, I personally do my laundry on the weekends. Uh, I charge my car during the day on the weekends if I need to. I still prefer to charge it overnight. It's just habit. Um, but it's this supply and demand. And we have to be able to provide the energy even during the most heavily used periods. And so mm -hmm. from an equipment standpoint, there's something we need to run uh, that's called peaker plants. And they're basically standby plants that do nothing but sit around all year waiting for those peak periods. And that's very expensive to maintain. So one of the things that we do through incentivizing to charge off-peak is to minimize the amount of peaker plants that we need to maintain all the time, just in case there's that one spike. And I think that's a big part of why, why we're doing that. And, and we find that, um, you know, what what is the compliance rate on our um, on, on the smart charging incentive? Yeah, so we have a compliance rate on smart charging incentive of 85 to 90%, um, meaning 85 to 90% of our EV charging is happening during the off-peak or the super off-peak period. So we're having a tremendous impact on avoiding people charging uh, during the, the on-peak period, which thus helps us reduce the need for, as Carl mentioned, the peaker plants. And, and those peaker plants are, like Carl said, they're expensive. They're also quite dirty in terms of their environmental impact. So uh, yeah, we're, we're really hitting the street um, um, on a number of fronts here in terms of like what we're accomplishing with the work we're doing. And and if people don't want to deal with having to do that programming, is that also something that the electrician can help them with the setup or, or you can help them with the setup to understand, like, how do I program my car? I don't have to get up at 11 PM and plug in my car and get up at 3 AM and unplug it, right? It doesn't work like that. It can be set with a timer. You're exactly right, Carl. So, uh, that is something that we can help with. I mean, we are not experts on all EVSEs and cars, but we can help you kind of guide you through what that change would look like and what, what are some things you can look for. But also, 
YouTube is um, a fantastic resource. I use it quite often to help my customers figure out what exactly to push and when. Um, but most of these UI or these user interfaces are, are pretty user-friendly. So typically they're not very hard to figure out, um, but if you have any trouble at all, your electrician, uh, that is that should be their responsibility to help you with that, or you are welcome to call us and we can uh, help guide you too. Any final words on, on our programs or what, what people can expect as far as dealing with consumers' energy? I think the benefit first uh, to having people available like Justin and I, um, we have worked for this utility for a very long time. So not only are we versed in EVs, but we also understand utilities and care a lot about this, this work and we're EV drivers. So, you know, we're, we're not, we're not just a business transaction. We can be your friend and we can, you know, kind of tell you about everything that we do and how we can save you money. Cause we absolutely love, love this work and dealing with humans is typically a better experience than, uh, just like a robot or, or AI. Uh, and um, we are here for you. So uh, there's lots of things that we offer. Driving EVs is not only, you know, great for the environment. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Um, and we are, we are truly here to make this experience as seamless for you as possible. Great. Justin? Yeah. Yeah. On that note, um, in terms of like how we feel about our customers and, and, and that entire space, it should be noted that Carson and I have grown up in Michigan. Our customers are our neighbors, they're our family, they're our friends. We do really care deeply about about them. And um, in thinking about that, one thing we didn't talk about earlier was we really care about low-income communities too. And so our rebate actually has a, a stipulation that if you're considered low-income and your consumer's energy account is is marked as such, the rebate actually goes up for you of up to $1,000. So um, it's, a lot of, it's a lot more money. Um, we, we definitely care and we want to help you uh, get charging installed at your home. So um, regardless of which rebate you take, the 500 or 1,000, but it should be noted that we we have that uh, available. We're also looking at other solutions like multi-dwelling unit uh, charging, community charging centers and, and other things more to come in that space. But um, yeah, we, we want to help you. So get in contact with us. Yeah, and that's a great point. I think the multi-dwelling unit and community charging center is a whole other discussion. Um, so if people are saying, well, gee, I don't have a garage or a place that I can park my car regularly in the same space, um, there are solutions for that. So they should still get in touch with us. It might be a different group that's doing that. It might be commercial, um, but we do have solutions for that. So if, if you live in a condo or an apartment building and you don't have access to charging, you know, get in touch with us. We can probably help you or at least guide your building owner, uh, building manager in, in how to potentially install charging for, for your needs. All right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, I, I, again, I, I think it was important to have this discussion because the program has changed and particularly the 50 amp limit. Um, thanks for shedding some light on that. So, but again, if anybody has any questions, please reach out to us and I'll put some links in the in the show notes so people can just click directly on those. So thanks for your time. And uh, maybe we can do this again and talk about MDUs and community charging centers. Awesome. Thanks for Thank having you, us. Carl. Thank you. If you enjoyed or learned from this episode of Zero E Michigan, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Visit our YouTube channel for other related videos at youtube.com slash at the number zero E dash Michigan.